Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I had put out an older episode commemorating The Doors' 55th anniversary of the self-titled album, and I thought, this gives me a chance to roll into the next day. But we did observe it, we talked about it, but I thought, as someone, you gotta understand something, I was not born in the 60s. I was born in 1980. Both my parents were of the 60s, okay? My father was in Vietnam. My mother was a teenager. Uh, Feminism and war, right there. But I remember the music. You know, my parents had Strawberry Alarm Clock, and they had the Beatles, and they had the Monkees, and they had the Turtles. And then when I was a teenager, I got myself into The Doors, I remember I had a poster. Remember you could go to Spencer's where you could get like the fake vomit and fake poop. And they had these light up doors posters. And I was so taken with the image. I had not listened to the music. I did not know about the Lizard King. And I learned about that over time. I learned about the mythology. There's a mythology in rock and roll. The legacy. The... uh, these idols, you know, they were people. You gotta understand that. And the these mythologies that were created, at, you know, Jim Morrison's been dead for 50 years. Ray Manzarek has been gone for, sheesh, almost 10 years. We have John Densmore and Robbie Krieger, the drummer and the guitarist. When someone those of that magnitude dies, and especially that young, at 27 years of age under mysterious circumstances the mythology is born and it sits within the pantheon of rock we lose these people and they're forever frozen in time but the art continues the music continues and so 55 years ago on January 4th 1967 the doors put out the doors now, the first song they put out was Break On Through to the Other Side, but it was Light My Fire that really sparked it. But I love how they opened that album with Break On Through to the Other Side, and then they ended with the end of the Oedipus Complex. The What is the meaning of life? Are you going to kill your father and fuck your mother? I don't know, but that's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. But he's saying it from a... A Hamlet, Oedipus complex type of thing. And they got kicked out of the whiskey. Was it the whiskey a go-go? It was one of those places they almost got kicked out. We're not going by the Val Kilmer film because that's bullshit. I'm going by the actual facts. They talk about that. How Jim went up there and, and started to go into that rant. Or is it? I'm sorry. It's not a rant. It's, it's part of the, it's part of the Doors mythology. And this album, though, I remember, you know, you got Break On Through to the Other Side, Soul Kitchen, The Crystal Ship, 20th Century Fox, Alabama Song, Whiskey Bar, Light My Fire, Backdoor Man, I Looked at You, End of the Night, Take It As It Comes, The End. Never before has an artist put out a full album. And every song in it is good. 
all of those 11 songs to me those are staples the only band ever to do that is nirvana where most of the songs on nevermind are radio staples you know those songs or you know those songs from car rides what were the doors thinking when they put out this album well honey they want to light it on fire So, I want to give a shout out to my friend Aisha, who's a great artist, and her passion for art and for music. This is my passion for The Doors. How much I love this band. Yes, there's a lot of controversy, but sometimes those are the best bands. And and nothing against The Beatles, and nothing against The Stones, but for me... There is a magic to the doors that nobody else can capture. It's not lightning in a bottle. It's light and dark. And it's interesting. It's, it's, okay, so you got the Vietnam War that's going on. Those guys that were in Vietnam were listening to country music and the doors. And when Dan Rather interviewed the surviving doors... He talked about that. And he talked about their influence. The Doors, this was not hippie music. These guys were, they were on a whole nother level. I know people are rolling their eyes. Oh my God, you weren't there. But you got to understand, the music is what keeps it timeless. This album does not age this album is time just like Nevermind. Break on through to the other side. Soul Kitchen. Chris, there's a lot of blues in this. A lot of R&B. A lot of darkness too. And so I mean, I don't want to dog Oliver Stone. I didn't like the movie. I think when you were in college oh it's so cool and I had friends who would swear by the fucking movie but I hated the movie I came to realize and that's why the doors you know what they did the surviving doors they decided hey let's put out a documentary and have Johnny Depp uh, narrate it and so that's what they did that's what happened it came out in 2010 it blew the fucking roof off of everything. It won them a Grammy. For best long form... Long, or, yeah, long documentary. It, the Grammys are so weird. How they kind of twist categories. You know, like, is it metal? Is it hard rock? You're going to give Metallica a nomination for best rock album when they're really metal? Okay, whatever. See, I go on those tangents. But the doors, there's something magical about this band. When You're Strange, the 2010 documentary directed by Tom DiCello. DiCello. I I don't know. How do you say his name? Hey, Siri, who directed the documentary When You're Strange by the doors? Let's see if Siri comes to fruition right here. What's Siri going to tell me? Okay. Who is it? If I go over to here, 
Okay. <laughs> I'm supposed to be in bed, and I am in bed, and I have to work in the morning, but hello, we've got alarm clocks. Strawberry alarm clock. Incense and peppermint. <laughs> I remember I had a professor who loves music, and one time I started singing that, and she went, you're too young. I said, my parents have the record. <laughs> yeah. There's also, you know, I found it a couple of years ago on um, Amazon. It's a Doors DVD. It's like a collector. Yeah, I could put it in. You could put it in the collector's kind of aspect. Here we go. When you're strange. How do we say his name? This is this is a great documentary. Let's see. Tom DeSilo. DeSilo. Oh my God. Mm. The doctor. Okay, it was first screened at the Sundance in 2009. Mm. This is, a, this is such a great documentary. And the surviving doors were a part of it. Now, that that doors... De- when I first got into the doors, I got posters. I got books. I got... I immersed myself in the doors. It, as my cousin said, it was sick. It was sick. I didn't think it was sick because... Some of my cousins are cool and some of them are really... They like to judge people, and they love to judge me. They love, you know, that all I liked was music, and they like cars and girls. No. Oh. Mm. Some of you should go over to um, Amazon, because the Doors Collection DVD that I just referenced is going for seven bucks. Okay. All right. This is a great collection. This really is. You've got audio commentary. You've got memorabilia. Mm. This is and it runs at two hours. It's got everything. It's got all kinds of it's um, live performances of them on the Smothers Brothers singing "Touch Me," which originally was going to be called "Fuck Me." Yes, it's true. That's true. You kind of figure that out as you listen to it, where he's like, "Come on, come on, come on, now touch me, baby." Yeah, I'm not trying to sing right now. Um, and then they have like Crystal Ship, but what they did is because you know, they lip synced Crystal Ship and Light My Fire on American Bandstand. So what someone I don't it was maybe some of the videographers they took the <coughs> that footage of Crystal Ship and mixed it with footage of Jim and everyone swimming and running around. And then it's got Moonlight Drive. You know, Moonlight Drive was the first song that Jim Morrison sang to Raymond Zarek on the beach. That's a, that's not mythology because that is true. Um, but it didn't go in the first album. Um, didn't go in the first album. You know, they would, there's a lot of songs that they would record and then they would kind of save them. Okay. Moonlight Drive was on the second album, which was released in the same year. Back then that was, that was rare. That you're going to put out two albums, you know, because they had done so much. The second album was Strange Days. 
that also. I mean, it was released September 25th, 1967. Only a matter of six months, probably, yeah. The Doors catalog, to me... Now, the Beatles catalog, I've never really gone... Excuse me. Gone and listened to all of it. Because I think there's parts of Abbey Road that I've never listened to. I've listened to the White Album, and I've listened to... Uh, Mag- Magical Mystery Tour and Revolver, you know. Um, but I've listened to the Doors catalog over and over and over. I mean, you've got the 1967 album, you've got Strange Days, uh, Waiting for the Sun, The Soft Parade, Morrison Hotel, and then the final album, L.A. Woman. L.A. Woman is where they kind of found a new footing. They they embraced their blues influence. And it didn't hurt that they had Elvis' bass player. And then they had Bruce um, Botnick. Was it Botnick? Not Botnick, was it? Because um, Paul Rothschild wouldn't work with them anymore. I think because of, you know, the issue of Jim and all kinds of shit was going on. See, the things with the doors was it got dark and it got heavy. And but that's that's part of the art. That's part of the art. Um, it's part of the art. That's what happens. Um, was it Bruce? Bruce Botnick. Yeah. Bruce Botnick and the doors produced it. Okay, even more so that it's pre- the album is heavily influenced by the blues. It was recorded without record producer Paul A. Rothschild after he fell out with the group over their perceived lack of quality of their sound studio performances. Subsequently, the band co-produced the album with longtime sound engineer Bruce Botnick. Mm, I love this album. I really do. I love everything that they've done. Everything that they did with Jim Morrison, even the American Prayer album, which really was, they had to work on that because it's basically tracks of Jim doing poetry and then freeform and then a little bit of music and they added the music and the the ambiance. But, oh my goodness, 55 years ago, 55 years ago, I was not even a thought, okay? Let's get that out of the way. Let's get that out of the way, all right? Mm. So, I thought I would talk about what these songs mean to me. Why I love these songs so much, okay? Let's just start off with Break On Through to the Other Side. I love that organ solo. That is madness. <laughs> I remember one time I was playing it, and I don't know who it was. Someone in my family was like, what kind of crazy shit are you listening to? It was probably one of my siblings. I, my father would never say that because my father listened to The Doors. He was a child of the 60s. Um, but that, and that organ solo. I love just, you know what I love doing? I love rolling down the windows and just playing it really loud. Just because it just because. Alright? Just because. Everyone else is playing their music and, and that's great and they wanna bump big boom boom boom. They wanna make those systems boom. 
No, no. I want, I want, to, I want this organ solo to just get loud until people say, "Turn it fucking off." Can you just imagine that? Hey, man, turn your shit. I would say, "Hey, you know what? Listen to it and then tell me." <laughs> I had a friend once, um, uh, who we were listening to Jimi Hendrix, and he had one of those sound systems in his car. I said, "Dude, turn the bass off because this sounds horrible with Hendrix. Come on, this was not what Hendrix was about." Okay, Soul Kitchen. The first time I heard Soul Kitchen was late at night. And I just, it made me want to have pancakes. I didn't have the pancakes. The crystal ship. The crystal ship is so beautiful. And to hear Rayman Zarek play it on piano years later, just, just him on piano, that is so magical. And then the way he starts it off, Jim, with the lyrics, you know, before you slip into unconscious. Oh, so many, so many emotions are coming out of that. Now, 20th Century Fox. Mm. That is a song that hits. You want to talk about boom and drums and bass? Dun, 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 dun. If you've heard 20th Century Fox, you know what I'm talking about. And the way he just bites that lyric, she's a 20th set, you know. He's going through all the lines there. Alabama song, which I believe that's... Where did they get that from? It was some kind of German... Because they didn't write those lyrics, you know. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Um, trying to remember because there's a really great um, classic album series on this song. Okay, it was written by Bertol. Be- Ker- oh, okay, Brecci. Okay, was written as a German poem and translated into an idiosyncratic Indos- English for the author. Okay, all right. Oh, yeah, because it was, yeah, kind of polka. And then the Doors version. See see what I mean? They played all kinds of crazy shit. And that's why I love them. Come on. Let's get, let's get there. Let's get real. Um, Light My Fire. What can I say about that? That was the first song Robbie Krieger ever wrote. I'm a little overcome with emotion because I, I love that song. I love Robbie Krieger. I love all the doors. Yes, I know. Oh, you never met them. But the music moves me. Okay? So get the fuck out of here with that shit. The music moves me. Light my fire. You want to talk about a organ solo? Oh, shit. One time my cousin and I were going to San Francisco and that came on. And I understand it's his car. He changed that because he said it was too long and put on Love is a Battlefield instead. I I thinking, oh, never do that in my car. Never change it. Thankfully, I don't think he could now because I control it on the phone. So I would say, I don't know what you're trying to do because I turned off the, um, you know, Sirius XM off this, this car. So I don't know what you want to do. I love that. I'll light my fire. Backdoor man. Ooh, that's a good story right there. Because 
he says, you in, you men eat your pork and beans. I, I eat more chicken than any man ever seen. Oh, yeah. Back to man. I love that. I, I love that whole fucking album. I know. You're like, oh, my God, he's cussing. This is my show, and I can do what I want. Backdoor Man was written by Willie Dixon, so it's got the it's got the twelve bar blues. Ooh, he bites those lyrics. Mm. I looked at you is such a cute song. It's kind of sixties. I looked at you, you looked at. You got the organ. Mm, we're gonna get to that in a bit end of the night that's such a good song that's such a dark song such a night midnight highway bliss realms of bliss realm of light take it as it comes i love that time to live time to die that's what he says and it's leading to the end Mm. this song the Doors recorded a nearly 12-minute version for the self-titled album. The end was ranked at 336 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. It should be higher than that. Yeah, they played at the Whiskey A Go-Go. Oh, I want to note something. In Break On Through to the Other Side, originally, he says she get she get she get high that's what he's really saying but you couldn't say that also the ed sullivan performance we're not going to play any clips tonight because i'm not feeling that uh i just wanted to talk from the heart on this album that i love i don't ever grow tired of this album or jaded oh my god it's the doors i knew someone who i used to work with in college and he would kind of rag on the doors and I would just kind of, but he was a nice guy. He was a smart guy. He's in the afterlife life now. And he would, oh yeah, Jim Morrison's poetry. And I'm thinking this guy like Ramstein. So Ramstein is cool, but I like the doors. <laughs> uh, okay. This is interesting. The end was categorized by a precursor of the Gothic rock genre in a review published in the Williams record in October, 1967. Critic John Stickney described the Doors collation as gothic rock, which was one of the first pronounces of the term. Most notably, he was more pensive for his contribution to the end. In 2017, Pitchfork included on its list of the story of goth in 33 songs. In this column, Rusty Pipes indicated the track to be as the early examples of art rock music the end is performed into pitches of the mixolydian mode and incorporates act aspects from the indian music robbie krieger used a guitar tuning which he had learned from robbie shankar's movie music lessons <sighs> the end in his book the dawn of the indian music stating that krieger also developed it with his tuning an indian jaha style with rapid strumming alternating with the melody line in this guitar playing. Oh god, this song is just... Yep. Mmm. There's different versions. Francis Ford Coppola used it for the opening of Apocalypse Now and the surviving doors talked to Dan Rather about that. And, um... If we can uh, access it, I I love the doors. 
and when Dan Rather interviewed them, I was transfixed. I know, some people that I know laugh at me, oh my god, but you weren't, you were not there in the 60s, how could you be? It's because it's music. You know how people are? People are so negative of shit. I want to start living my life like Betty White because when someone would say, you know what my pro- you know what my problem is? And she'd say, no, I don't want to hear it. I'm just going to say, you know what? Let's live it this beautiful moment. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Dan Rather and the Doors. The open close of Apocalypse Now. They actually had the right to use any Doors music they wanted. Uh, so we made that deal with Francis Ford before they shot the movie so it was kind of a surprise to me that the end was really the only <laughs> song that they used and especially at the beginning of the movie you know when i went and saw the movie i was floored it was just a beautiful opening of the movie you know the helicopters going by and, and my guitar actually starts the whole soundtrack for the movie love that incredibly powerful I mean, Jim originally wrote it kind of as a love song, a goodbye song to his girlfriend. It resonated with the guys in Vietnam. They were going through hell, and the song was about darkness, and it worked. Yeah, the Doors were one of the few groups in the flower power era. We weren't bound by those rules at all. We, you know, we, we, we talked about a lot of darker things. I actually wrote a song called Love Me Two Times, which, which I envisioned uh, guy with his girlfriend and and he's going off to Vietnam the next day so let me two times I'm going and so that's that's really one what I wanted to hold on right there here we go now this is where they dive further into what the veterans in Vietnam were listening to back in the day when we were all coming up guys um you showed the body bags coming back from vietnam that doesn't go on anymore and i appreciate that well i appreciate you saying that since you've raised it the doors came into prominence during in some ways the height of the vietnam war do you think it still reverberates in american society or has it finally finally begun to fade I would say that the government definitely learned thoroughly the lesson of not showing wounded warriors because uh, that uh, that won't help your propaganda for the next skirmish. So I would say that, that I'd say we didn't learn our lesson. You know? and the lesson to me for uh, Vietnam was don't go messing around with other people's countries. Uh, unless uh, unless they're really uh, a danger to us and we're still doing it so so Jim wrote uh, the unknown soldier during that period he didn't name Vietnam um, breakfast where the news is read television children fed unborn living living dead bullet strikes the helmet's head it's all over for the unknown soldier maybe he intuited that we didn't thoroughly learn the lessons, therefore we move on to Iraq and Afghanistan and North Korea and whatever. 
We're gonna pull away because I don't want the music to play and then I get pulled. So 55 years ago, yesterday, but we're observe- I observed it earlier, but we're doing this because I want to keep this honest. January 4th, 1967, The Doors put out their debut album. It opened a lot of doors. The doors of perception were truly cleansed. It was a magical album. It was a kaleidoscope of moments. This album. Um, yes, Jim Morrison was the lead singer. But for me, all four of guys were equal parts of this band. But if I could say the who, who really the man who put this all together it was Ray Manzarek. Ray Manzarek brought them all together. He was the first one to meet Jim. Ray Manzarek himself was a musician. He was a blues musician. He was a filmmaker. He was so aware of what media could do. He furthered the Doors mythology to the end. Um, but that the first of all, he's playing those that organ bass. Now, on the record, they had a bass player, a studio player. But live, that was Ray. So he's got one hand playing the organ, and the other one's playing the bass parts. That's pretty prolific. Okay. Check out that classic album series, The Doors. Check out When You're Strange, the 2010 documentary narrated by Johnny Depp. And check out The Doors Collection. It's a DVD of just all their videos and performances. And there's even a uh, memorabilia aspect to it. There's also clips on YouTube. There's a clip of The Doors. This is for my Canadian listeners, the LNC. Um, Of The Doors doing The End in Canada, in Toronto, 1967. There's not a lot of footage of the doors doing the end on TV. They did it, you know, they did light my fire at Sullivan and, you know, you couldn't say, oh, you can't say higher. He said it anyway. And Ed Sullivan was like, you'll never come back. And Jim's like, hey, man, we just did Ed Sullivan. We only want to do it once (laughs) to further their message of rock and roll and magic and light and dark and Oedipal complex and sex, drugs, and rock and roll and I am the Lizard King. I can do anything now. Scream if you feel alive. Yeah. Yeah. Break on through to the other side. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Get out of your shell. And musically this album breaks us all out of that shell. Those doors of perception have been cleansed. The doors took their name from Huxley's The Doors of Perception. Also, you have to understand the doors. These were all guys who Morrison and and Manzarek had finished, you know, they had gone to college. In fact, Manzarek was going to go to law school. Thankfully, he didn't. So these are these are very these are guys on they are not only on the edge they are aware of how to play with the edge see what I mean Jim Morrison was not a stupid man Robbie Krieger was not stupid John Densmore was not stupid 
Ray Manzarek and Jim Morrison, they were not stupid. They were fully aware of what they were doing. Okay. Now bands have, you know, it's a package. It's a package. You've got all the, it's, it's one cohesive thing and it represents the music in such a beautiful artistic way. And that's what the doors are trying to do. They're trying to say, hey, we want this, we want you to feel the osmosis of this album released in 1967. Then months later, they released their second album. We'll get to that one when we get to it. So happy 50, 55th anniversary, The Doors. Unpleasant dreams.